Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Over 20 years ago, a phrase appeared in a Canadian newspaper. The phrase was repeated again and in various settings, and it's become part of our vernacular. People spoke then and now of a happy place, a place where literally people can relax, lay aside worries, and find deep joy, a happy place. I can see the worth of that, but my concern today is not on a happy place, but a healing place. Do you have a healing place? All of this week on Daily Devotion, we've been talking about the miraculous. I want to return to the subject of healing. It appears to me that a place is needed in our lives, a healing place. I've been impressed over and over, the church that I pastor, that it should step into its role as the healing place. For years, people have come to that assembly to be healed and made whole. Each church, it seems to me, should become a healing place. A Bethesda. The word's only used once in the Bible, in John 5, where the lame were gathered together. According to John's numbering system, this is our Lord's third miracle at Bethesda. He comes to Jerusalem on a feast day, and he finds a multitude of people at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy, house of grace, house of outpourings. The Bible says a great multitude of sick people lay on the colonnaded porches surrounding this pool of water, and each longed to be healed. The tradition was that once a year, the angel of heaven would come down and trouble the waters. The first person in the water after the water was troubled was healed. So the entire congregation of sick people gathered, hoping they would be fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time, and they would be healed. Some modern translations omit mention of the angel troubling the water. They say it's not in the oldest manuscripts they found. Yet without this explanation, it doesn't make sense why the multitudes of sick people would gather at Bethesda. Why were they there unless they believed that the waters healed? Think of this, please, of this gigantic multitude of sick people filled with the blind and the lamed and the paralyzed. And only one person a year was to be healed. But the crowd still came, hoping to be that one person, to be in the place where healing waters flowed. Was worth any of their inconvenience, any sacrifice that had to be made, their desire to be in the healing place overrode any imposition. I think this desire is seen today in our present society. People are searching for spas and clinics to remedy their ailments. Some go around the world in search of supposed cures and healing waters. Why is that? It's because all of us suffer in some sense. Some suffer visibly, some invisibly. Some suffer emotionally, others physically. Some suffer in relationships. Some fret over the couldas and the shouldas and the wouldas, but all of us suffer. Much of our worship expresses our need to be healed. Think of some of the songs that we sing, Healing is Here. I call you healer. 
healing oil, healing in your hands, healing grace. Find me in the river, just one touch from the king. We can comprehend that healing is something we all seek as humanity. I don't believe people want to suffer, but if they have to suffer, they want to know there's grace to sustain them. They want to know there are healing waters. And that healing is found in none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The modern Pentecostal phenomenon began with the preaching of Jesus. They preached Jesus as Savior, Jesus as healer, Jesus as baptizer of the Spirit, and Jesus as coming King. Early 20th century Pentecostals emphasized the fact that Jesus was and still is the healer, that Jesus stepped into the crowd of those sick people at Bethesda. He picked a hard case, a man who had been lame for 38 years, and he asked the question, do you want to be made well? The man said, I have no one to carry me. Somebody always gets to the healing waters before I do. In Ezekiel 47, the prophet prophesied of a day when you would not have to get to the healing waters, but the healing waters could reach you if you would allow them. Ezekiel saw the moving of God's healing spirit that flowed from Jesus Christ. Isaiah said of Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The Bible says of Jesus that he went about healing people and doing good. He healed lameness and blindness and leprosy and deafness and paralysis. He shows this willingness to heal. Do all sick people get healed? Not in this life. But all sick people should trust God for healing. For as surely as the Apostle Paul found, when you seek God for healing, you either get healed or you find the keeping and sustaining grace to see you through. Some years ago, a woman went to consult a famous New York physician about her health. She had a very nervous temperament. She gave the doctor a list of her symptoms and answered his questions only to be astonished at his brief prescription at the end. He said, go home and read your Bible an hour every day, then come back to me a month from today. Before she could protest his remedy, he had slipped out of the office. At first, she was inclined to be angry. Then she reflected that the prescription was not an expensive one. So she went home, determined to conscientiously read her neglected Bible. In a month, she went back to the doctor's office, a different human being, and asked him, how did you know that's just what I needed? For an answer, the physician turned to his desk and pointed. There was a worn and marked Bible. Ma'am, if I were to omit my daily reading of this book, I would lose the greatest source of my strength and my skill. Early this morning, I skimmed through dozens of scriptures about healing. Here are a few of them that I found. And I just want to remind you, I believe the word works. And I want you to let the word do its work. Exodus 15:26 I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23:25 I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Deuteronomy 7:15 The Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Psalm 91 verse 9 and 10 Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Psalm 103, he forgives all iniquities. He heals all diseases. 
Psalm 107, verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Malachi 4, 2, at the very close of the Old Testament, but unto you that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And of course, Simon Peter took all of the promises wrapped up in Jehovah Rapha and placed them on the blood-stained back of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said that with his stripes we were healed. Jesus heals. He heals the hurts. He heals the wounds. He heals the isolations. We know who heals, but where does he heal? The man waited at Bethesda, the healing place. Where is your healing place? The man was waiting at the healing place where the healing waters flow. I believe the body of Christ is still active. I believe the house of healing, your local church, is still available. I believe that's the place that Jesus, the healer, shows up in our midst. I read a study a while back that said lonely people are more likely to get sick. The mortality is three times higher amongst those with very few close relationships. That when people get connected, they get healed. When they draw close to people with faith, they find strength and wholeness. I went back and read an article today printed over 30 years ago in the Chicago Tribune the age of 14, Barbara Comiskey had nothing wrong with her. At age 15, she began to stumble and lose her coordination. Then her vision blurred. Her left hand tightened into a half fist. By the age of 19, she was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. By 1977, she could hardly breathe. Her diaphragm was paralyzed. A lung collapsed and withered. A hole was cut in her neck where she could breathe. Three times she suffered heart attacks. Tumors covered her body. At the age of 31, she and her family prepared for her death. Early on, she had turned to the Lord, telling him, Jesus, my life is yours. As death drew near, nurses would come in and hear her talk to the Lord as if he was standing by her bedside. It was on June 7, 1981, a religious radio station mentioned her. 450 cards flooded the station. On that Sunday morning, two women from her church came to read the cards to Barbara. And as they read from those cards, Barbara began to hear a different voice, so calm, so strong, so soothing. That voice said to Barbara, my child, get up and walk. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, I'm there. Barbara swung her legs out of the bed and started walking, something she had not done in years. Her atrophied muscles had come back to life. Her father walked in and saw what was happening. He embraced her, and together they danced around the room, and from that day forward, one lung was fully restored. The tumors began to disappear. Spinal taps later proved there was no trace of MS left in her body. There has to be a healing place filled with people who believe. Folks, if God can't do it, nobody can. At times, he uses medicine and doctors. All good things come from above. 
But at other times, he uses the prayers of his people, the people fuel of brothers and sisters. Because when people pray, God moves. It was several years ago at a large San Franciscan hospital, researchers monitored 393 sick people. The study published by the American Medical Association found that the patients who had people praying for them had far fewer complications than those who did not have people praying for them. I believe that a house of prayer, a church, should become a Bethesda, a healing place. I believe your home, your place of employment, your school should become a healing place, a place where the angel of the Lord troubles the waters, a place where healing waters flow. It was a couple of summers ago, a man I knew had passed. I preached a meeting just prior to his death where people were praying for him. I preached on divine healing. You say, Pastor, it must have failed. No, the Lord identifies himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals thee. God heals people. We don't. But what we can do is give him the space to heal. Someone or somebodies brought that lame man to the pool each day. They had faith that he could be healed. Maybe God is using you. Maybe God is encouraging you to whisper words of promise to someone else. Maybe the Lord is going to use you to turn your class, your small group, that prayer room, that church, that altar area into a healing place. May you always have that healing place in your life. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.